If you would turn to John this morning, Gospel account of John, chapter 14, let's continue on in our series on seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus. For some weeks we've been talking about this now. And our text here is verse 21, John 14, 21. Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. He that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Whether people know it or not, the whole world is hungry for the manifestations of God. What does that mean? The reality of God. In the Amplified, he says it like that. He said, whoever really loves me is the one that keeps my commands, my words. I'll love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. I believe it's Isaiah 45, 15 or so. It says, God is a God who hides himself. I know that sounds strange to us. Well, I thought God's a God who reveals himself. But actually, he does both. He hides himself from some. And he reveals himself to others. Now, if that sounds strange to you, get unstrange. Because that's what the Word says. And you want to submit your thinking to the Word. Why? Well, it wouldn't be too hard to figure that if God is real, and He is the Almighty, and He is the Creator of heavens and earth, and He knows the end from the beginning, that He could very easily shake this planet. How many know He could put His face in the sky? He could put his face in the sky from Los Angeles to New York and say, hey, I'm God. <laughs> he could shake this planet where in two minutes there wouldn't be anybody on the globe that didn't believe in God. Couldn't he? I mean, if he's God, if he's real, couldn't he do that? Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he? Why has he left it in such a way that you can be born and live and die on this planet and never believe in God? That's exactly the way he set it up. This is qualifying time. This life. Those that choose to believe in him without having seen Qualify to be his. Oh, to be his family. Scripture said he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Do you believe on him? Oh, people can scoff and they can mock and they make fun of people like us. They say, oh, religion is a crutch for the weak-minded and ignorant. Well, we'll soon see who's weak-minded and ignorant, won't we? Yeah, soon they won't be so big-mouthed when the sky splits, when he returns. And every knee bows, every tongue confesses, so let them rail, let them say their stuff and make fun of us if they will, but it's true, he is real. I said he is real. And right here and now in this life, people who really love him and believe in him are going to do what he says. 
they're going to keep his words. And to those, Jesus said, I will manifest myself to them. Not to everybody on the planet. But to the, in fact, the very next verse, uh, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, a different Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, he said, how are you going to manifest yourself to us and not to the world? How are you going to show yourself to us and yet the world's not going to see you? And basically the next verse, he repeats what he just said. If a man loves me, he'll keep my words. Do you love him? Are you interested in keeping his words? And as surely as you do, tell me what is he going to do? That's the part I'm excited about. I just know the Lord is faithful. I just am sure that you and I keep pursuing this path that we're on. The Lord, is be- He's already begun to manifest Himself to us in an unprecedented measure in our lives. I believe it. When the Lord says, you know, we're about to be in the best shape of our lives. Finances is a part of that, but it's not the big part. The big part is Jesus being more real to us than he's ever been. Oh, come on. Us seeing him clearer and knowing him better and him being more real to us than we even knew he could be. Now, here, in this life. I'm excited about that. Is there anything better? I don't know of anything better. (laughs) We begin going through John, this book of John. Looking at the words of Jesus, asking ourselves the question, are, do we know who said this? Do we understand this? Are we doing this? Because we know if we'll do it, he's going to manifest himself to us. So we've made it through John 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 and 9. Now we're moving right along, aren't we? Look in 9 again. We see the healing of the blind man. And these mighty miraculous healings have shaken up the whole region. Particularly the religious leaders have become increasingly upset. And that's too mild a word. They are incensed. They're full of anger and wrath to the point of wanting to kill him over these people getting healed. Now that's men's religion. And it's still that way today. Traditional religion, traditional religious people are the meanest people on the planet. I mean, they'll kick you and give you three scriptures why it's all right. (laughs) And they'd rather you perish with your poverty or your disease than for you to contradict their doctrine or their creed or their group. See, for these leaders to go along with Jesus, they'd have to admit that they've taught some wrong stuff. They've believed some wrong things. And they're unwilling to do that. And that's the problem. How many know we should always be willing to change? When we see what's right. If it shows us up wrong, well, time to change. Not time to fuss. Not time to argue. Not time to get mad. Not time to get your feelings hurt. Not time to quit church. Not time to stay home. Time to... Another word for change is repent. Time to repent. Repent means to, don't just mean to feel sorry for it, it means to turn from that, go the other direction. Change. Oh, you would that everybody would have a heart to do that. Because there's so many people have become offended. You know, there are people who ought to be in this building right now. They're not here. They're afraid they might see somebody that they had a falling out with. And they know they're wrong. They know they're wrong. But they just don't want to deal with it and they're unwilling to admit it. And even if they are wrong, they're wrong too. 
And if they hadn't have done that, then maybe I wouldn't have acted like I did. So it's really their fault that I acted like a heathen. They made me so mad. No, honey, it ain't their fault that you acted like a heathen. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? People are so prideful. And they get their little feelings hurt. And they don't come to church and they don't fellowship with people that they should. And they pull back and they hide and they do this and that. When they should repent, they should change. Change. Now, Jesus teaching and ministering to these folks, some of them repented. Some of them didn't. In John 9, when the man got healed by washing at the pool of Siloam, and he was blind and now he could see, the religious leaders called him, you know, and examined him. We talked about that last week. And they actually kicked him out of the synagogue. Kicked him out. All the man did was get healed. But like we said before, why would you want to stay a part of a thing like that? Verse 39 Nine thirty-nine. Jesus said, For judgment I'm coming to this world, that they which see not might see. That just happened. This man couldn't see physically. Now he can. How many know it also applies to seeing spiritually? People that can't see. You know we sing the old song, Amazing Grace, don't we? I was blind, but now I see. Oh, glory to God. And, though, did you know he's also come that they which see might be made blind? We haven't emphasized that part very much, have we? It's just as true as the first phrase. And some of the Pharisees which were with him, they heard these words and they said to him. And, of course, you can tell this is sarcasm, attitude. Are we blind also? They heard him say that. What Are you saying we're blind? <laughs> Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see. So your sin remains. You're in sin right now. Why? See, they wanted to smart off about, are we blind too? And basically, if you allow me to paraphrase what Jesus said a little bit, he said, no, that's the problem. You're not blind. Are y'all with me? You understand what I'm saying? Are we blind too? He said, well, if you were blind, if you really didn't see it, you wouldn't be in sin. Do you know the Lord does not hold us accountable for what we don't see? We are held accountable for the light we have. This is a really important subject, but it's also deep and it's, it's wide. As big as light. <laughs> How big is light? Oh. This whole planet is working because of light. God is light. Jesus, the Word, became flesh. He is the light. And that light is the life. Without light, there is no life. And we know that naturally speaking. Without light... There'd be no plant life, and there'd be no animal life, and there'd be no you life. Without light, there'd be no warmth, there'd be no photosynthesis, there'd be no life. That's a reflection of the spiritual reality. God said, light, be. Light was manifested. Oh, hallelujah. And everything you and I see or touch or have a part of is the result of that. Well, there came a manifestation spiritually. The Word became flesh. Oh, hallelujah. And He is the light. 
And that light has come into the world that everybody can see if they will. Now, go with me to the uh, 15th chapter. Actually, stop by chapter 12 on the way over. It's right on the way. Chapter 12, verse 36. Jesus said to them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Where is the light now? You know, he was the light as he walked among them. And then he left here. And he's gone to be with the Father. Where is the light now? He said, you are the light. Didn't he? Is he in us? And so he is the light and he's in us. So we are the light in this world right now. What does that mean? When people saw him, they saw light because they saw God. Didn't he say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You cannot see without light. And I I don't even know how to explain this to you. I, I don't understand it well enough myself. Light, when you're seeing, light is in you. We're accustomed just to the natural part that light, we're seeing reflections. And light's coming in because of light, our eyes, our lenses work. But even those who understand the eyes and the nervous system and the brain tell us, you don't really see with your eyes. Your eyes are like a camera lens. Actually, the camera lens made like an eye a little bit. And the light reflects off of it. And then it's turned into electrochemical signal that goes along your wiring to places in your brain. And your brain decides what you saw. So the light is actually inside you. Oh, can y'all hear this or not? The light's not just reflecting off your eyeballs or getting inside your lens. The light gets in you. And anytime you see, it's because light got in you. Oh, hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Hold your place here. Go to Luke 11. Can you wait off into this just a little bit more here? Man, this is shouting ground. I'm telling you, we're getting into the the foundations of the universe, of all creation. Luke 11 and 34, Jesus said, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single, your whole body also is what? Your body is full of light. (laughs) That means light is in you. Not just shining off your eyeballs. It's in you. Somebody say, light is in me. But when your eye is evil... Your body also is full of darkness. How many know somebody, the lights can be on bright, your eyes can be wide open, and you can be full of darkness? Because even with your physical eyes wide open, you can choose to shut your physical eyes. Isn't that what we read about in Matthew 13 and other places? It said, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, be converted, and I should heal them. So he said, take heed that the light that is in you be not darkness. If your whole body therefore be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle, we might say like a light bulb today, does give you light. Now with that in mind, go back to John 12. Who is the light? Jesus is the light. He is the light. John 12, 
35, Jesus said to them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walks in darkness knows not where he goes. Have you ever met anybody that didn't know where they were going? I'm not talking about just on the road. I'm talking about in life. They don't know where they're going. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they are. They don't know where they're supposed to be. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They don't know who they're supposed to be hooked up with. That's a person who's full of darkness. They're stumbling around. They go here and try that and it flops. They go over here and try that and it flops. They go over here and why? Because they're stumbling around in the dark. When you have light, you don't deal with these other 400 choices because you know that's not for you. You go right here. Because you saw that's it. Oh, come on. Can you see this? You don't stumble all over everything. You make a beeline. You go straight to it. You do it. The Bible said you have an unction of the Holy One. And you know all things. We have a knowing inside us. We can know where we're supposed to be. We can know what we're supposed to be doing. And you hear people talking all over the place about, well, I wish I could get direction. I wish I could get this. And so many have acted like, well, it's just we need more revelation. But that's not really the case. The case is people have received light that they refuse to walk in. They have rejected it. And that's a serious thing. When you see something that you're supposed to do, and you choose not to do it, that means you just closed your eyes. Now you're in the dark. Did you hear me? And people stumble around like this for decades. Acting like they don't know what to do. And eventually, you can confuse yourself and deceive yourself to the point where you are self-deceived. But there was a time when you knew. You just didn't want to do it. You just were unwilling. These individuals that Jesus was talking to, he said, if you were blind, if you really didn't see, you wouldn't have sin. But you say we see. And they did. We read, you know, where the one of the rulers of the synagogue, the main guy, said, Have any of the rulers believed on him? And the implication is none of them have. And we read in the scripture that, yes, many of them actually did believe in him. Last week we saw, but they wouldn't confess him for fear of the Jews. Now, come on, get this picture, guys. Many of the religious leaders of Jesus' day saw in their heart That he really was from God. And they saw what he was doing. And what he was preaching was right. And good. They saw it. But they sat there. And went along. With the mock trial. They went along. With him being crucified. And they knew better. They saw better. Well how many know. If they didn't make a change. After that. They were in darkness, weren't they? They would have stumbled around. Should we be honest about what we see and what we know? Should we acknowledge it when we see it? Oh, yes, friends. So important that we do. He said, verse 36, why you have the light, believe in the light that you may be The children of light. Are you a child of the light? Skip on down to verse 46. I am come a light into the world. That whoso believeth in me should not abide in darkness. Thank you Lord. Thank you Master. Skip on over to the 15th chapter. This is big. I'm having to pick and choose. Read the whole thing. We might be here all afternoon. Not that that'd be a bad thing. John 15. 22. 
The Lord said, if I had not come and spoken to them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated, both me and my father. But this comes to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. We've already touched on this. They were seeing much more than they were acknowledging. Is it true with us? Are we seeing more than we're perceiving or acknowledging? He is light. In Him is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us. From all sin. If we say we're walking with him. But we walk in darkness. 1 John 1 says we're lying. And we're not doing the truth. This statement the Lord gave me some years ago. And it enlightened me and helps me to this day. Ignorance needs instruction. Or requires instruction. But rebellion needs discipline. I'll say that again slowly. Ignorance needs what? If somebody doesn't see and doesn't understand, what do they need? They need instruction. They need to be taught. They need to be informed. They need to be instructed. What if they already know they just are rebellious? Do they need more instruction? They see it. They understand. They know. They just are rebelling against it. Do they need more instruction? Is that what they need? As a whole movement. In the word and faith movement. And teaching. That's been our MO with everything. More teaching. That's what they need. More teaching. We have a whole generation that are rearing their children that way. Well, they just need some more instruction. They need some more input. No, if they know what to do, they don't need more instruction. You telling them another 50 times is not going to make them less rebellious. They saw it last year. Are y'all with me? Rebellion doesn't need instruction. It needs discipline. Discipline. Another word for discipline? Action. Quit talking. And act. I'm not just talking about beating a child. I said action. It could be pulling privileges. It could be canceling opportunities. But you don't need to talk. You need to do. Act. And man, we got a whole generation of folk that are pitiful in this department. They are spineless when it comes to acting. They'll even threaten for weeks. Now, if you don't do this, then you're not going to get to do that. And they don't do it, but they let them do it anyway. Oh, friends, if you do that, you are misrepresenting God. You're teaching that child that God is like you. And they're going to get a rude awakening. Because they can put on those crocodile tears and they can roll their eyes and they can plead and beg with him and it will not change him. And they can think because it worked with you and it worked with grandma and it worked with auntie and it worked with this one and it worked with the school teacher and it worked with the gym teacher. This going to work with God. And it doesn't. You know why? 
He knows what you know. He knows what you see. Children get into this at an early age. You say, did you take the trash out? Oh, was it my turn? Was I supposed to do it? And they knew it was. People laugh and say, well, look at him. He's a little con. He already knows how to manipulate mom and daddy. Ha, ha, ha. It ain't funny. That is the very nature of the devil. And if they learn how to manipulate people and they practice that through their life, their life will be a disaster. They will ruin one thing after another through their whole life. They will stumble around in the darkness. You've got to have an honest heart before God. And if you knew, you knew. And if you knew, you need to say you knew. If you saw it, you saw it. Hmm? Well, why didn't you do it? Uh, lazy. Why didn't you do it? Hmm. Rebellious. Someone says, why? Who's going to do that? Anybody who wants mercy and grace and who wants another opportunity. Go to Proverbs 28. Now why are we talking about this? Did Jesus run into this with these people he was ministering to? Did they see more than they were letting on? Yeah, they did. Is that a problem? Oh, oh. What a problem. Is it the same with people today? Are people changed? Are they pretty much the same today? People are the same. The devil's the same, always trying to deceive. He is, John 8, Jesus talked about it, the devil is a liar, and he is the father of lying. Deception began with him. And that ought to be enough for you to despise it and want nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Never try to act like you don't know something when you do. It's devilish. It's a closing your eyes to light. It's a plunging yourself into a dark path that goes off into more darkness. If you want help, you got to humble yourself. And you got to be honest. Somebody say honest. 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 It is so vital that we not play games. With God. Or with each other. That we don't try to act like we are ignorant. When we see. Proverbs 28. Are you there? Verse 13. 28.13. What does it say? He that covers his sins. What will happen? Sometimes he'll prosper. If he makes enough confessions. No. He shall not prosper. But whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. How many know no matter how bad it is, by the mercy of God, you can come out? His grace is sufficient. I don't care how deep a hole you dug for yourself, how bad you messed up, with enough mercy, you can come out. With enough mercy, with enough mercy. But are you going to get mercy acting like you didn't know? No, you're not. Now, not only that, but see, mercy comes from God direct, but also comes from Him through others. God will be merciful to you by inclining people's hearts towards you giving you favor in their eyes, and when you should be judged, them looking at you kindly and going, well, no need to do that. We'll do this. You can do it again. You can keep your position. You can have another opportunity. 
Somebody say grace. Somebody say mercy. You know, that's God having mercy on you, but he's doing it through them. Oh, come on, can you see it? But if you cover your sins through pride, God resists the proud. He's resisting you. And he will also resist you through people. You'll come and beg and they'll be hard as a rock. Are you listening? You'll have no favor with them. And you will not have an opportunity to make it right. And it is at this critical point. When somebody looks at you and asks you what you knew. What you knew. What you understood. Who did it? Something goes wrong. Something wasn't done. Something's not right. And somebody looks at you and goes, what happened? Are y'all with me now? What happened? Now here is where nine out of ten start covering their tracks. And start saying, well, uh, what was it? Were we supposed to do this? We didn't know. Friend, if you're lying, you're in trouble right now. You're in trouble with God. And you cannot prosper in this situation. Cannot. Are y'all with me? What do you need in a situation like this? Help me out. What do you need? You need mercy. You want grace. Who gets the grace? The humble get the grace. Are the humble honest? Does it take humility to be honest and tell the truth when it's not pretty? When it makes you look bad? When it'll embarrass you? Oh, come on. Are y'all with me, saints? This is critical. But if you coming out, you got to have grace. Tell me who's coming out. According to this verse. Put it up again. Proverbs 28. 13. According to this verse, who is going to get the mercy? Help me out. Who's going to get it? Who's going to get it? The people that confess it. What does that mean? Tell it. If you did it, you did it. Huh? If you wrecked the car, run over the dog and burnt the house down. Huh? What do you say? What do you say? Do you know? If you did it, if you did it, you did it. Who did it? <laughs> and if it was you, you go. Somebody comes in and goes, who burnt the house down? Who burnt the house down? I'm telling you, five out of ten Christians say, well, I came up here and it was a burning. It was, I don't know, and the dog, I don't know how he got under the car, but <laughs> it just happened so fast. Liar. Liar. Devilish. Are you with me now? And see, even people that don't know you're lying, even people that don't know you're lying, their heart will harden towards you. Even when they don't know. And they don't know why they're that way. Why? Because God is not going to give you favor through them. Because you're hiding and covering your sin like Adam and Eve running into the bushes. And when he asked them what happened. What are they doing? That woman. The serpent. He was pointing somewhere. But there wasn't nobody around. <laughs> Everybody was pointing somewhere. How many say dishonest. 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 Deceptive. Closing your eyes. See the problem with God is. There's no way you can fool him. About what you see. He knows what. He was the one that showed it to you. He was there when you saw it. No way you can turn around later and tell him, uh, uh, I didn't know. I didn't see. Friend, this, get serious with your children on this kind of stuff. Did you do such and such, honey? Oh, no. Uh, I didn't know. You look at them and go, say what? You what? 
You didn't know, and if you know they knew, I mean the music stops. Everything stops right now. Because we were making along okay until you decided to tell me a lie. Now it's become serious. This is life and death, whether you realize it or not. I don't know if you understand gravity, what I'm talking about. Situations are made and broken in that moment. When somebody looks at you and asks a question. Whether you coming out of this or whether you going down. is decided right here, right now. As to whether you start playing games. You put on crocodile tears. You try to, you know, jive and shift around and, and make excuses and try to con somebody. Now you do that. You are on your own. You do not have the grace of God. You're not going to have the mercy of God. How many know without the grace of God, you're in trouble? You are in trouble. You're in trouble. But what if you'll be a man? A lot of people grew up in families where the truth was not held up like it should have been. It just wasn't. Their parents lied. Their parents told them to go tell the teacher a lie. We have not seen how serious this is. Oh, friend, this is one of the worst things you could do in life. And so they grew up like that. And so there are people who lie to you for no good reason. They just soon lie to you to tell you the truth. I've had preachers look me in the eye and just lie to me. One of the saddest things. I'd rather they slap me. I'm not joking. I'd rather they just reach out with their backhand and just lay one on me. Sir, you see, I am serious. Why? Because the enemy of my soul is doing that to me every day. Trying to deceive me and lie to me. And he's doing the same thing to you. How dare we lie to each other? We're not children of lies. We're children of light. We're children of truth. The spirit of truth lives in us. But I don't care if you grew up lying. And if it's a habit with you, you can break yourself from it. I said you can break yourself if you will. Let me tell you how you do it. You know, people get carried away. They're on the phone. They're telling some story. They embellish. They elaborate. Lie. <laughs> and then you hang up and you realize, oh, man, I didn't tell that right. Tell me what you do. Tell me what you do. Call them right back. See, you already know what to do. (laughs) Why aren't you doing it? (laughs) Call them right back. And what do you say? Help me out. What do you say? What do you say? (laughs) Say, hey, Bobby, Susie, hey, you know the thing we were just talking about a few minutes ago? You know, I said such and such and such. Uh, That was a lie. (laughs) Is that easy? Oh, no. Most people are not even strong enough to do it. They won't do it. But if you would be strong enough to do it, it wouldn't take many times you'd break yourself from it because you'd start to lie and you go, oh, no, I I don't want to have to make that call. I I don't want you'd break yourself from it, wouldn't you? Somebody says, well, if I do that, they'll think less of me. No, they know they themselves have done the same thing and didn't have courage to do what you're doing right now. They'd actually respect it. Now, if you have to do it every other day, (laughs) well, that's going to be a little different. But you've got to be strong enough and honest enough to acknowledge. And somebody says, well, did you see that? Did you understand? You know, as a leader, we have people working under us and we have people in, in the church and teams. And sometimes, you know, things haven't gone exactly the way that you instructed that they should go. And, uh, you know, some things irritate you more than others. But I, as a leader, I've learned the first thing I have to find out, was it ignorance or was it rebellion? Because these two should be dealt with completely differently. Is that right? Whether it's a child, whether it's an employee, whether it's a church member, it makes no difference. It's the same. i got to find out. So I need to talk to them. They'd find out, did you understand what we said to do? And of course, if they're under the gun 
and something's hanging in the balance, people will be tempted to lie. Because if I can play ignorant and it'll get me out of it, it's a temptation to say, I didn't know. No, I didn't understand. I didn't know that that's what you wanted. No, I didn't understand you wanted that today. No, I didn't know that. And sometimes leaders are just poor communicators. They expected people to read their minds. And they didn't communicate it properly. And sometimes you can say one thing and people actually hear something else. And, and there is a misunderstanding. And if that is the case, then it's ignorance. Discipline is not appropriate here. There needs to be instruction. Because there really is ignorance. But because that is an out, people use it all the time. And they play the ignorant card. But what I'm talking about today from the Word, do you understand what a serious mistake that is? Because when you do that, you are deceiving somebody and you have cut yourself off from the spirit of grace and mercy. And the Bible said you're hiding and covering your sins and you cannot prosper now. You can't get the mercy and grace of God. You're in a bad way, aren't you? And I'm in no lying never. I mean, you tell one lie, if you're going to maintain it, it's going to take two others to try to keep that one going and cover it. Lies are inconsistent, so you're always trying to cover your tracks. It never ends. And now you got that between you and them. Every time you see them, you know you lied to them, and it makes you act funny around them. Did you hear what I'm saying? Condemnation is, how many know what condemnation does to your faith? To your confidence. How many understand this just gets worse and worse and worse. What should you have done? What should you have done? No matter how bad it made you look. How bad it made you feel. If it cost you severely. There is no option to telling the truth for a sincere child of God. The Lord never told you you could tell a lie about it. Well, in this situation, just go ahead and tell this little lie. Won't be the Lord never told you such a thing. Never will. Never will. To the real child of God that's committed, there is no option. There is no alternative. There's only one thing to do. What is it? Do you know what it is? Only one thing to do. You look them in the eye, what do you say? I did it. Why'd you do it? I just had a better idea, I thought. I just thought you didn't know what you're talking about. And I just... So nobody wants to do this, but it's the truth so many times. I just thought I'd, you know, you weren't here, you weren't doing it, so you didn't know. And I just used my prerogative and I just decided I would do it. That's rebellion, isn't it? What does it need? Does it need us to sit down and talk about this for an hour? No, you need no talking at all. What needs to happen? It needs to cost you something right now. It needs to be an action. Not talking. Action. But what if the person comes clean? What if your little one, what if your child looks up in your face and you say, why didn't you, did you know you were supposed to do that? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you do it? What do they usually they'll go? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I think maybe it was because you didn't want to quit playing your game and you just didn't have time to do that. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And they don't try to lie to you and they don't try to cover it. What does it do to your heart? Come on, help me. What does it do to your heart? It inclines your heart towards them. Even if they need some discipline, you're not interested in being too harsh on them. I mean, they're being honest. They're being honest. And the honest and the humble get the grace, get the mercy. It'll happen every time. God, even somebody that was hard towards you, God will get a hold of their heart and just turn it. And just turn it. Even though they might have meant to just shut you out and write you off. God will get involved in the thing. He'll get involved in the thing. But if you lie, he won't be. You're on your own. In closing, look at this in uh, Titus. We've made a mistake. As the church by ignoring scriptures in the New Testament. Just ignore. We call ourselves word people. (laughs) But it's only on certain selected texts. (laughs) But I'm going to know all the word is word. Look at Titus 3 and notice something that's very enlightening. If someone wants to be argumentative about the word. 
How many times should we try to teach them about this? I know as a minister, I've had people want to argue with me, and I've tried to talk to them time and time again, and thinking, well, bless the hearts, they just need more instruction. But I'm seeing more and more, that's not the case. And this makes it abundantly clear. We haven't been dealing with people the way the scripture told us to. In calling ourselves being good Christians. Because we're willing to teach people and tell them again another hundred times. We've actually been rebellious in not obeying the scripture. Titus chapter 3. Titus 3 and 10. A man that is a heretic. Now the word heretic, in other translations, it talks about somebody that stirs up division. Causing division. This is an arguer, a fusser. After warning him, after the first and second admonition, reject. Look at the next verse. Knowing that he that is such is subverted and sins being condemned of himself. What does that mean? His own heart is condemning him for what he's doing. His arguing and fussing. Now if he's not listening to his own heart, he's not going to listen to you. So how many more times do you need to try to correct him and teach him? We haven't talked about this kind of thing enough, have we? And here it is right there in the New Testament. What the Bible, let me read this to you from another translation. The ESV. ESV says, as for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Should we take this seriously or not? The New Century, the NCV says, after a first and second warning, avoid someone who causes arguments. How many more times do they need to hear it? The Living Bible, if anyone's causing divisions among you, he should be given a first and a second warning, and after that, have nothing more to do with him. See, so many people think that'd be unchristian. Well, I reckon the New Testament knows what a Christian is supposed to be. But see what denominations and groups, they've come up with their own version of what a Christian is supposed to be. And a good parent is supposed to lovingly and kindly tell that screaming rebellious child another 49 times. Or if it takes it another 300. No, honey, let's go over it one more. Well, actually, this is 103 now. But let's go over it again. You're being a fool. You're being a fool. And actually, the more times you tell them, the less respect they have for what you say. And you're teaching them to ignore you and to despise you. If they understand, do they need more instruction? No. How many more times do you need to tell them? None. What needs to happen? Well, if it's a case of somebody under you that you're in charge, there should be some kind of discipline. If they're not, if they're not under you, then you just should should not try to talk to them about it anymore. The scripture should have nothing more to do with them. I know that sounds too strong for you, but I am reading the Bible. I didn't write it. Verse 11 again. Why? Why? Because the person is condemned of himself. Do they see better than what they're doing? Yeah, see that's the problem. They know better than what they're doing. I've had people come to me, and if it wasn't so serious, it'd be laughable. I'm thinking of a young man, and this has happened more than once. He came to me, and he's going to straighten me out. And he starts to do it, and he's trembling. He's just shaking Trying to talk to me. You know why? He knows. His heart knows. He's got no business doing what he's doing. He knows in his heart. How disrespectful and ugly and rude this is. 
But he's overwhelmed. He's pushing that down. And the rebellion in his flesh is overcoming it. And he's going to do it no matter what. Is this serious? Can you get in darkness like this? That you can stumble around in for decade after decade. And waste your life and ruin your relationships. Is this serious friends? Such is condemned of itself. The uh, NET says you know that such a person is twisted by sin and is conscious of it himself. Friends quit telling people the same thing over and over and over. If you'll just pause and look so many times you'll realize they got this two years ago. They know. They know. They want the attention. They want me to run after them. They want me to beg them. They want me to tell them another thousand times so they can fuss. And the enemy's just using the whole situation to keep everything boiled up and strife all the time. Are you listening? And we're being dummies enough to fall for it. When if we'd have just done the Bible, if we'd have just done the Scripture, how many times you try to straighten them out? Once, maybe twice, and then what? Leave them alone, or elsewise rebel against the Scripture. Why? Because they already know, they already see. And friends, we got people all over, the, especially in this country, with all the preaching we've had and all the word that we've had all over the place. We got people ought to be in these seats right here this morning and they're at home pouting and they've been offended and 45 people have called them and prayed for them and talked to them and people think, well, they just need more of that. No, honey, you could do it from their own and it might not make any difference. Love them, pray for them, but when it comes to that stuff, leave them alone. And don't, if they want to argue, say, hey, I think you know. (laughs) I think you know. It's between you and the Lord. I, uh, the Lord had me to share something with a lady one time, and boy, she didn't like it. Oh, man, she cut me off and let me know in uncertain terms that that was the end of our friendship. And and uh, it hurt me. This was many years ago, and I was a little more naive maybe than now. And, and I went back, and I thought, Lord, that's, <laughs> I thought I was doing what you told me to do, and it just turned out so bad. And I thought, man, did I miss it? Did I miss it? And finally, he got a hold of me. He said, son. They're not listening to me. Why would you think they'd listen to you? I thought, huh, you do have a point there. (laughs) He said, don't take it so personally. He said, it's not just about you. They're not listening to me. That's the problem. And how many, you know, I don't even have to say it. You know it. You got relatives. You got friends. You got neighbors. You got coworkers. Folks at work, they know so much more than what they are acting like they know. Now, you play games with yourself and deceive yourself for enough years, you can wind up self-deluded and deceived. But there was a time when they knew, when they saw and they knew. And until they get ready to hear him, they're not going to listen to you. So you just smile and be sweet and be nice, but don't bump your head against the wall. (laughs) And don't let the enemy work strife in your situation. Keep everything boiled up. And, you know, I've had people before that they just time after time wanted to fuss and fight with me about doctrine. And finally, I just got to where I will not even talk to them about it. They bring it up. I just smile and go, not going to do it. Not even going to talk about it. Well, come on now. You know, no, no, no. I said, no. Uh-uh. Excuse me. No. I have some words I've got to be. <laughs> got to check my cornflake box. <laughs> yeah. Something important. <laughs> Stand up on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Begin to give Him praise. Would you acknowledge before Him this morning that He sees everything? He knows everything. Tell Him, say, Lord, I know. You see my heart. You know everything that I see and everything I know. Forgive me for ever playing games with you 
or with anybody else trying to act like I didn't know something, playing ignorant, trying to deceive. It's an abominable thing. And I repent. And I purpose by your grace to do so no more. But I need your help. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I have to have it to overcome, to come out, to be victorious. And I know to get it, I have to be honest. I have to humble myself. So by your grace, I purpose to do so. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.